Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. I'm feeling distinctly not in control at this moment in time. If you want to make your way to your seats, that would be great. Thank you. So good to see everyone. Welcome to church today. If you're visiting with us today, a warm welcome. Shh. Sorry, you get to a point where you realize you're talking over people and it gets a bit frustrating. So that was that point, okay? I need the fruit of the Spirit today. Patience. I'm all kidding. But it's good to be in God's house. And uh, welcome if you're visiting with us. I know we have some visitors today. Welcome. Welcome also to Belinda, who used to be part of our church many years ago. Um, Belinda and I used to argue in youth all the time. We were just joking about that there. Um, I would say black and she would say white, and uh, then we'd open up the Bible to see what it would say. Um, but it's great to have you with us, Belinda. Welcome. And uh, so good to be in God's house today. Welcome to those who are back for the first time after all the time in COVID. Great to see you guys. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to everyone. And uh, I, I just hope that we experience God's presence in this place today. That's my prayer time and time again as I'm preparing for uh, Sunday and as I, as I open up the services that we experience the presence of God. And uh, I hope that everything that we do and say will uh, just take us in that direction today. So let's, if you're able to, stand and we're going to pray and we're going to worship our incredible God this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you are already here. Father, we pray that time and time again. We pray that you'll just demonstrate your presence in our gathering. Father, not just for those here, maybe for those who are online as well, that they would experience your presence today in a fresh way. Father, we just need uh, that fresh touch from you. Father, that fresh encounter with you today. And so, Lord, we just pray that as we come into church today, Father, as we gather the church, we are the church, and as we gather, Lord, we know that as we sing our praise to you, that you live in our praise, you inhabit our praise, and so, Lord, we just ask that as we begin to open up our voices and open up instruments, and Father, begin to worship you, Lord, that you would just descend, Lord, that you would have something to say to us today, Lord, that you would encourage us today, that you would uplift us, that you would challenge us, and Father, that you'd help us just to fix our eyes on Jesus today. And so, Lord, we pray that everything that's done in this place today will be for your glory. Lord, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Just one time. 
Holy Spirit has just dropped the gift of uh, a message in tongues into the congregation. And uh, let's just wait a moment for the interpretation to that tongue. interesting as well that the the interpretation to a tongue is also a gift of the Holy Spirit and uh, I really felt as that tongue was being given that really the, the essence of what the Holy Spirit wants to say in interpretation is contained in the message today what the Holy Spirit wants to say uh, into this church, into individuals is contained in the message that will be shared today and the essence of that message is that the Holy Spirit is directing us to return to God, to return to our first love, to return to the one who made us, to, the, to return to the one who gave us life, to return to the one who caused us to be born and to become a new creation, to return to God and to return with our whole heart, our whole being, body, soul, and spirit, and to return to the Lord. And maybe that's a specific word for somebody today, to, to just come back not, not to where you were. God's wanting you to come back to a new place in Him. God's wanting you to return and come back into a place of devotion, to a place where He is your first love, to a place where you're focused on Him and not the way that you were before. Lord's not asking us to go back to the old things. He, say, he has said consistently, forget the former things. Don't dwell in the past. Behold, I do a new thing. And the Lord is wanting you to come to a new place in front of him, before him, where he can fill you with his Holy Spirit, where he can just uh, invigorate you and to revive you in your mind and in your spirit, to bring your worship back to life again, to bring your praise back to life again, to bring that song out from your heart again, to bring it out afresh, that it might rise to heaven and bless God, that it might uh, just extend out into the earth and bless God throughout the earth as well. Do you know we declare something when we sing God's praise? We're not just singing to empty space today. We're singing to, uh, to worship God, but we're also singing um, in front of a spiritual host, a spiritual host that is looking on at the church. Angels are looking on and saying, what's happening here? They don't understand. They've not been, been able to appreciate what we have received today. There's also a, a, a dark and dangerous spiritual world that listens to our praise as well and, and will want to bring us down and drag us away and get us facing in the wrong direction. But the Holy Spirit is saying today, it's time to return. It's time to get yourself turned around. It's time to come back to God, to face God, to come and, and just behold His face, to behold His glory, to behold His goodness, to behold His grace for you. And so, Father, we just pray, Lord, that as in a moment we turn to your word. Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would take it and breathe life into it. And Father, that you would do something which was never planned, even in the preparation of this word for today. Father, that you would take it and that you would just bring out what you want to say in it. Lord, not that man's thoughts would be heard, but that your thoughts would be heard. May we hear your voice today. And Lord, we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in this place, in our lives, in our families, in our community. And Lord, we just pray for your blessing on this congregation, Lord, as we continue today. In Jesus' name we ask.
Amen. Please be seated if you're not already. Just for the benefit of those who are online, we will be doing communion today. Um, we'll be doing that at the end of the service today, just so that you can get yourself prepared for that. Uh, just a couple of announcements, really. Um, we will meet together on Zoom for prayer at 9.30 on Monday morning, 9.30 a.m. on Monday morning, uh, on Zoom for prayer. Um, and also on uh, Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, can I encourage you, if you've never been part of the prayer gatherings, to do that to just come uh, to those gatherings and just to really seek God on behalf of the church, on behalf of what's happening in our world, in our community, and just to pray into these things. Also, all being well, we will have Alistair Barton with us next week. Alistair heads up Pray for Scotland. Um, he has tested positive for COVID, um, but he should be clear by next Sunday. So, um, so, <laughs> so it's a bit of a challenge for Alistair at the moment. Um, he had emailed me, but I only saw that email this morning. So just so that you're aware, let's be praying for Alistair. Eh? Um, I, I just want to ask, um, are, are you okay today? Are you in a place to, to open your, your, your ears and your spiritual eyes to hear from God today? Good. Well, well, we're in the right place then. So that's a good thing. And the title of my message today is simply Return. I got all creative this week. And I thought, what am I going to call the message today? And I just called it return. One word, one word, really simple. I want to ask you another question today. And this is the question that was just rising in my heart as I was preparing for today. Are you hungry for God? The next question off the back of that then is, how hungry are you? And it, it came as I was reading Proverbs chapter 27, verse 7, and it says this, a person who is full refuses honey, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. I know people who have been out on Christmas Day and they've had a Christmas dinner and they're absolutely full, and then they realize they've got to go somewhere else to another family for another Christmas dinner, and they're getting fuller and fuller and fuller, and then they realize, well, wait a minute, I'm supposed to go to somewhere else for Christmas dinner, and they're now on their third Christmas dinner, three courses. My goodness, when you're full, there's no room for anything else, and the question is, are we already full? Have we come to church today empty ready to receive, ready to be filled, or have we come full already, full of the week, full of cares and concerns, full of our hobbies and our, all the sorts of stuff that we do? Have we come already full, or have we come hungry for more of God? The, the Bible says that if we come hungry for God, He will fill us. He will satisfy our hunger, and we're blessed if we come hungry. A couple of weeks ago, we were looking at Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, and uh, you know, to think that there were some people that nearly missed Pentecost, and we're going to think about that in a little moment, and, and the clues in the scripture that's on the screen in Luke chapter 24, but before we do that, I'm going to read something that I was just, uh, it came uh, through as I was reading through my daily devotions, and my thought was arrested, my spirit was arrested as I read these words from Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. I'm going to read them. I'm going to put them up on the screen. Um, if you want to open up your Bible to Hosea, Hosea chapter 6, you can do that as well. But it says this, come, 
hopefully it'll work. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. And then verse 3 says this, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. And this is what resonated so strongly with me as I thought about, as I read about these scriptures and I thought about the vision for the church, which we've been sharing over the last little while. It says this, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. I read that and I thought, wow, wow, that's amazing. Let me highlight it for you. Hopefully, my clicker might be needing charged up or something like that. Remember that picture that I used when I was talking about the vision for the church, that I believe that God wants to pour something fresh out into this church? And it's not for everybody because it's for those who are seeking. It's for those who are coming hungry. And when I say everybody, I don't necessarily mean everybody in the church, but that might apply as well. But not every church is seeking. Not every church is hungry. Some churches are going through the motions and go through the routines. God wants to bless those and pour out His Spirit upon those who are hungry. And it uses, in Hosea uses this analogy like, like the winter rains, like the spring rains that come and water the earth. And do you know, as I was rereading this verse for this week, I was thinking about that. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. Did anybody wake up this morning and think, I wonder if the sun's going to come up today? I don't think, did anybody actually think that this morning? Anybody? Anybody online think that today? I don't think so. You just got up and you thought, the sun's up, it's shining, it's a glorious day. And as surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come. He'll come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. The prophet Hosea is the first of the minor prophets. It doesn't mean that he had a helmet and a pickaxe, okay? It doesn't mean that his prophecy was any less important than the others. It just means that it's one of the shorter prophecies, and it's the first of a number of those shorter prophetic books. He wrote it approximately 715 BC, and it records the events from 753 to 715 BC, including the fall of the northern kingdom of Israel when they went into captivity in Assyria. And what we've read today is thought to be the words of the people who are now far from God. People who, I bet, when they were in captivity, wished with all their heart that they could return to their homeland and begin to worship God. You see, they'd messed everything up. They'd worshipped idols. See, as you read the Old Testament and you read what these people did, you think, how on earth could anybody do what they did? What they did to their children, what they did to their neighbors, what they did to the poor. And it's no wonder that God sent them off into exile. God said, you've got a chance to repent, you've got a chance to return, but they would not, and God sent them off into exile. There's a nation came and took them off into exile. And if you read Psalm 137, you'll be well acquainted with the words, if you don't know the Psalm, by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down where we wept. I'm starting to get into song. <laughs> when we remembered Zion, 
I'm resisting the temptation to sing. <laughs> but I'm very tempted. And here they are, an exiled people, mourning because they want to be back home. Mourning. And here are we. We are a people who have the opportunity to be in the presence of God every single day. Every day. Not just a Sunday, every single day. And there's something about the dynamic of the church coming together. And as we sing our praise, that the Holy Spirit descends and begins to move. There's a moment came for them when the penny dropped and they said, let us return to the Lord. I don't know about you, but these words ring true for me today. They resonate with a vision that I shared recently. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. Do you know, we sing that song in worship sometimes. It's called Jesus Messiah. Do you remember that song? And in the chorus, it says this, all our hope is in you. All our hope is in you. All the glory to you, God, the light of the world. You know the song I'm talking about? And we sing that song, and I wonder, is that actually true? Is it actually true? All my hope is in you. I don't know about you folks, I'm getting to a place where all my hope is in God. All my hope is in God coming as surely the sun, as, surely as the sun rises. That's where my hope is. I don't have a plan B. As the leader of the church, I don't have a plan B. And I think, Lord, all my hope is in you. It actually is, as the leader of the church, all my hope is in him. Lord, I'm waiting on you to come and to do this new thing, to begin to pour out what you have said. I wonder if we really mean those words when we sing, when we sing them. There's so many things that we sing in worship, and I wonder how much do we really, do we really mean them. Have you ever been in a situation where all your hope is in God? Lots of people, lots of people, those who are online as well, I'm sure. Situations where science can't help, where money can't help, where medicine can't help, where even being nice can't help. There are times where we're in situations where all of our hope is in Him. We don't have a plan be. Have you ever noticed how often it is that it's in relation to people, in relationships, in circumstances, particularly those that surround our health and our well-being? And I wonder if we can sing in those moments, all our hope is in you. Lord, may you bring glory to your incredible name. All our hope is in you. Father, my prayer today is that you would pour out your spirit afresh, that we would experience you afresh. Lord, that you would give us that fresh touch from heaven, that we would be able to sing that song and say, all our hope is in you. Lord, we're hungry for you. Lord, we're desiring your presence in a fresh way. We're di desiring a fresh anointing from heaven, a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit from heaven. Father, that's our prayer. There were two people who nearly missed Pentecost. We read about them in Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to ask maybe that you turn to your Bible in Luke chapter 24. And I want to just spend a moment or two thinking about people who nearly missed what God was just about to do. 
Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to put the verses up on the screen so that, well, no, sorry, I'm not putting all the verses up on the screen. I'm putting just little highlights up on the screen. It's about the two on the road to Emmaus, okay? And this is what it says in Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. Now, that same day, and the day that it's talking about is Resurrection Sunday. On that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Have you noticed something? Seven miles from Jerusalem. Seven miles in the wrong direction. Seven miles away from the wrong place. Two weeks ago, we thought about the day of Pentecost. Where did the day of Pentecost take place? In Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit was poured out in Jerusalem. The 3,000 that were saved on the day of Pentecost were Jews present in Jerusalem. And here are two people heading seven miles in the wrong direction. I wonder if over the last couple of years during COVID, there are people in the church, and I mean the church, the church, who have found themselves walking in the wrong direction. God hasn't turned up. Where's God in my circumstances? Where's the answer to prayer that I'm looking for? Why is all this happening? Where are the miracles? I think I'll just go back to Emmaus. I think I'll just go back to the things that I knew before, the things that I understand. And if we do that, we miss what God wants to do. Seven miles in the wrong direction. You see, when it gets tough, sometimes it's easier to go back to what we know. And sometimes it's easier to go back to that rather than wait on the promises of God. Now, let's be honest, these two hadn't actually heard maybe what Jesus said just prior to the day of Pentecost. Prior to his ascension, he said to the disciples, you need to wait because you're going to be clothed with power. So maybe they hadn't heard that. But let's read on. I just want to just check something in my notes. <laughs> that, that's what I was going to say. Even, even when it comes to church, there are some people who just are saying, I wish church would go back to normal. I wish we could go back to the way it was before COVID. Can anybody remember what I said on the 6th of January before COVID? The 6th of January BC. And a message that I shared from this pulpit can anybody remember what I said about the year that was going to come, 2020? Can you remember what I said? It's not going to be business as usual. Boy, was that true. Boy, did I not anticipate COVID. I never saw that coming. And there's, there's part of us that wants to go back to the comfortable way that church was before COVID. Can I just say that we're never going to go back there? The church is never going to go back to how it was before COVID because God's saying to us, forget the former things. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And I'm, I'm saying something that's been echoed as I listen to leaders throughout the country. Some that just say, I wish church would go back to normal. 
I wish we could get the people back into church. And some who are saying, I think God's going to do something. And there's a hope. And there's a freshness. And there's a hunger for God to come and to do something in his church. Verse 14, it says that they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them, but they were kept from recognizing him. The very Lord himself, Jesus, the risen Christ, the Messiah, walked alongside these two people, and they didn't even know it was him. How many times have we heard it? We heard it as an interpretation from a message in tongues just a few weeks ago. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. The Lord is with us all the time, but sometimes we don't recognize that He's there because we're so distracted by the circumstances and what's been going on in our lives. Sometimes we simply lose faith because we've lost sight of the Savior. And my prayer is, Lord, open our eyes, our spiritual eyes that we would see you. Open up our spiritual understanding that we might grasp your presence right there beside us. And Jesus came along and he began to speak to the two on the road to Emmaus. And he asked them this, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And as they stood, they stood still, their faces downcast. They stood still with their faces downcast. You can just picture them, eh? Are you the only person who hasn't heard what's been going on in Jerusalem this weekend? Where have you been, man? One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem? And do not know the things that have happened there in these days. Cleopas, I don't know if you know this, Cleopas is a Greek name. Somebody, I remember somebody who was kind of dissing the Bible a number of years ago, saying, how can the Bible have names like John and Luke and blah, blah, blah? Well, the reason it can have names like John and Luke is because John and Luke are transliterations of either Greek or Aramaic names, okay? Cleopas is a Greek name. The Aramaic form of that name is Clopas. And in John chapter 19, verse 25, we read about a man called Clopas. And his wife, Mary, so we think, is one of the people who's standing at the foot of the cross as Jesus breathes his last. And although we can't say for sure 100%, it would appear that the two people on the road to Emmaus are Cleopas or Clopas and his wife Mary, just ordinary people, ordinary people who have saw what's happened, they had believed all these things about Jesus, and now they were living their lives in past tense mode. Their faces downcast. Haven't you heard what's happened? And I can understand, but this is Resurrection Sunday. Two ordinary people, perhaps heading home, perhaps heading back to all that was familiar, all the promises that Jesus had talked about, and here he is, he's, he's dead, and it's the third day, and he's not even risen from the dead, and, you know, we expected this amazing thing to happen. We're under oppression from Rome, and we expected a mighty sort of warrior to come on his horse and charger and dispel the Romans and do all these magnificent things, and, and here we are. And then Jesus, he's really naughty. 
Did you know that Jesus could be naughty sometimes? He says to him, when they're talking about all the things that have happened, he says, what things? He's been a cheeky monkey. What things? What things? And what will they say about Jesus of Nazareth? They replied, he was, note the, the use of the past tense, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people and the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Listen to this. But we had hoped, past tense again, that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. I think they had an expectation that something was going to happen on the third day. And here they were, on the third day, returning back to home, returning back to all that was familiar. I don't know about you, maybe they had a pre preconceived idea of what Jesus' resurrection was going to look like. It's going to be spectacular, and all the Jews will see it, and the Romans will see it, and it'll be this big, massive thing. And everybody will see it, and will go, yeah, here he comes. We were right. We're the winners. You're the losers. Na, 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 na. So that they could just go, wow, we told you. And Jesus didn't come back to life in that way. It wasn't this big grand show. He did appear to people. He appeared to hundreds of people over a period of 40 days before he ascended back into heaven. But it wasn't maybe what they expected. I wonder if we're waiting for something new. For if you're waiting for God to do something new in your life and you have an expectation that it's going to be this big, massive, grand thing, and maybe God wants to do it in a different way, and you go, wow, didn't see that coming. Maybe God wants to do something fresh in a different way. Let me go on to read verse 22. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find his body. And they came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see. But him they did not see. And he said to them, and listen what Jesus says to them. He doesn't mince his words. How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He doesn't mince his words, does he? How foolish. How would you like it if in the next pastoral visit, when I came to your house, or we met in the church or something like that, and you were talking away, and I went, you're an idiot. Have you not heard all that we've been talking about? Have you not read the prophetic words that have been given over the church? Are you an idiot? And you'd go, okay, time for a new church. I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm off to the MS church, seven miles down the road, because they'll not speak to me like that. And here's Jesus speaking to these people, and he's saying, how foolish. Haven't you heard? Haven't you understood the prophecies concerning the Messiah? Have you not grasped your slow of heart? And I'm like, Lord, how long does it take for us to grasp what it is you're trying to say and for us to grasp what it is you're trying to do and to be hungry enough to say, count me in, count me in. I want to be part of what you're doing. And yet we get caught up in the distractions, all the little things in life that distract us, and we go, and, and we're praying about things that don't even matter sometimes. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? 
And beginning, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Who would like to be part of that Bible study? Wow! Beginning at the very beginning in Genesis and working all the way through the, the law and the wisdom books and the poetry and the prophets, the major and the minor, and explaining how it all related to him. Wow! I wish I'd been part of that Bible study. You see, sometimes it's easy to drift away from the promises of God. And I, I just think, and I've shared this so many times recently, we, we have such a, a rich heritage of prophetic words in this church, of the prophetic voice in this church, and I, I encourage us to hold on to what God has said in this church, in the life of this church. You see, we can get caught up and so many things in life and work and family and our pleasurable pursuits, our hobbies, getting out and getting a suntan maybe. I'm still struggling from getting the sun on Tuesday last week when we were cycling. I didn't realize how strong the sun was. I'm, I'm, I'm not one for getting suntans, which is why. Um, so I digress. I'll get back to the point here. Sometimes the problems in life and all the things that trip us up, the challenges, the health issues, the strife, the relational stuff that goes on, you know, we're falling out with that person or somebody said this and he did that and, you know, woe is me and why is this all happening to me, blah, 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 blah. And we can get caught up in trying to sort out all this stuff ourselves. We go, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix this? What am I going to say to that person? What am I going to do in this situation? What am I going to do when I go back into work on Monday morning? I've got this person to face. I've got that situation to deal with. I've got this disciplinary thing for me or, or for somebody else. And, and we get caught up in all the stuff, you know, the kids and, you know, we Johnny fell and, and broke his knee and what have you and all this stuff that goes on. And, you know, usually it's me that's falling and breaking things, but that's another story. And then we, we, then, then, then we come into church and we sing songs that have words like, oh, what peace we often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And we go, I should have done that. I should have prayed about that. Why did I not pray about that? And it goes on in verse 20. Wrong glasses. 28 to say, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. Here he is again. He's been naughty. He's, he's, he's kidding on. Oh, I'm just kind of going down to the next village. You know, I, I've got people I see there, blah, blah, blah. And they're saying, no, 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 no. Stay with us because we want to hear more of what you've got to say. And so Jesus stayed. Um, they said, stay with us for it's nearly evening. That day, the day is almost over. So, so he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, listen to this, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. I don't know where I am in my presentation. I'm behind. There we go. Then, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. Wait a minute. <laughs> I've just realized who it was, and now he's disappeared. Where's he gone? It's like, where did Jesus go? It's like, he's got a wee stripy jumper on. And, no, no, that's somebody else, isn't it? <laughs> Where's he gone? Where's he? Let's, let's try and find Jesus. He's probably away back to Jerusalem. And he should have probably said, 
I'll, I'll see you back there. But then he disappeared from their sight. And, and they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? It's like in the presence of Jesus, when he begins to speak to us, something happens on the inside. And it's like, wow, he's speaking to me. I'm starting to understand. I'm starting to hear as he opened up all the scriptures to them. Their eyes, not these eyes, not the eyes in the front of your head that connect to your brain somewhere, however that happens, but God gives us a spiritual perception, spiritual eyes, where we're able to perceive who he is. And, and, and that, that spiritual receptiveness within them woke up and they begin to see who Jesus is and then at that moment he leaves. You know, there are some people today maybe uh, and here or maybe online, and you need a, a first encounter with Jesus. Jesus wants to come and meet with you. And I, I think each one of us, we need a fresh encounter with Jesus. We need a fresh encounter with Jesus. I'm looking at some people today, and I'm looking at people who need a fresh encounter with Jesus. You're looking at one person today who needs a fresh encounter with Jesus. I want to I want to know him more. I want to discover him more. I want to love him more and serve him more. We need a fresh encounter with Jesus. Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes that we might see your glory. And when each of us encounter fresh, Christ afresh, it will cause something to happen within us which happened with these people here. I love this bit. They got up and returned at once. They'd been going in the wrong direction and they encountered Jesus and they began to return at once to the place where they should be. And they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. They hadn't heard this news until now. It was only when they got back to where they should be, they went, it's all been happening when you've been on the road to Emmaus, seven miles heading in the wrong direction, and all this stuff's been going on in Jerusalem, and you've been missing it. I think there are people in the church, worldwide, and I say this with respect, who are going to miss what Jesus is wanting to do because you're not part of the gathering. I'm saying that to people who are online today. No disrespect. Some people, you can't get to be here today. I understand that. But there comes a time where we need to be in the gathering. The Holy Spirit works when we gather together. The Holy Spirit moves in the gathering. The Holy Spirit has consistently moved in the gathering. The ecclesian, as it talks about in Hebrews, that gathering together of people, the, the calling out of people from their homes into a public place for worship, in our case for worship, it could be any reason. The Greek word means to come out and to meet together. And I think it's time, church, I say this with respect to those who are not here every Sunday. I, I, I don't understand, I don't understand why we're not in church every Sunday. I don't understand because I serve a God who I get the chance to come and worship with my church family every Sunday. And I don't understand. Somebody explain it to me because I don't understand 
why the church isn't together Sunday by Sunday. If you look at the Ten Commandments, one of them is to honor the Sabbath and to keep it holy. It's a day of rest and worship. It's a day for us to be in the house of God with the people of God, worshiping God, and to come away from the cares and concerns and worries of the world and to come together. And I don't understand why we don't do that. I say it with respect. I understand that there are circumstances. I understand that people have jobs that cause them to have to be in all sorts of places at all sorts of weird times. But here are the people, the disciples and the others who are assembled together. And the encouragement for us is to assemble together. Not just be here in body, you're not just a number, but to be here in spirit. To come empty with your heart open, with your heart hungry for more of God. Lord, I want more of you. Come in with that desire to be filled. Coming back to the place of his promise. Coming back to the place where the power of God would be poured out in Jerusalem. Coming back to the place of his presence. This is where Jesus was. This is where the Holy Spirit was going to turn up on the day of Pentecost. 120 people assembled, gathered together, and the Holy Spirit is poured out. And the 11 people and the others were assembled together. And I want to come back to the verse that I shared right at the start. And it was the verse that kicked this message off, really. And it's in Hosea. And that image that I just think, for me, encapsulates what I think God wants to do in our nation as he pours out his spirit on places and on people where there is hunger, where there's an expectation, where there is a seeking, where there is prayer, where people are hungry for God, God will pour out his spirit. Just as that rain cloud is pouring out water on a specific area, God will pour out his spirit on those who are hungry. God has promised it. God has said he will do it. God has given us prophetic words in the church that say, this is what I want to do. The question is, will we be walking seven miles in the wrong direction? and miss it. Because it's so easy to walk seven miles in the wrong direction and miss it. This is what it says. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Oh Lord, we need healing. There are people in this church, Lord, who need a physical touch from you, physical healing. Lord, come in healing power. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us, that we may live in his presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on in the right direction <laughs> to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. God wants to come and do something in us. Are we hungry? Are we in the right, are we facing in the right direction? Are we coming together as the church so that we experience all that he wants to do? Maybe the musicians could come back up and join us. We're going to take communion in a little moment. And there's another song that we're going to sing as well, which will be a new song for most, but we'll sing it to you, don't worry. <laughs> Are we hungry for God? Are we hungry for more of who he is? 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's come hungry into his presence. Let's come hungry into his presence just now as we draw around the communion time together. As those disciples sat with Jesus around the table and as he broke bread and spoke of that bread as a symbol of his body which would be broken. As he shared wine with his disciples and he spoke of that wine as a symbol of his blood which would be shed. And he said, I'm not going to do this again until I, I drink it anew with you in my kingdom. And there's coming a day we will drink afresh with God in his kingdom. Where God will come and all the injustices in our world will be made right. All the poverty and the inequality will be sorted out. And God will, will bring that equity. He will bring what he desires in this world. And he will bring healing and he will bring restoration. And there'll be no more tears and there'll be no more sorrow. And there'll be no more sadness and there'll be no more sickness. And there'll be no more death. Father, let us experience these things now. Father, in this moment as we take communion, as we remember the body which was broken for us, as we remember the blood which was poured out, shed for us on that cross. And Father, if there are those today listening to this message and listening to these words who have never came to a place of decision of inviting Jesus, then Father, may this be the day. May this be the day where you ask Jesus into your life and where the Holy Spirit comes and empowers you to be the person that he wants you to be. Let's just take the bread as it reminds us of his body which was broken for us. Thank you, Jesus. As we take this wine, may it remind us of the blood of Jesus which washes away our sin, which makes us clean, which was shed on our behalf. Father, may, may we experience the freshness that comes from the healing presence of Jesus today. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would pour out gifts of healing into this church and into the community that surrounds it. Father, as we take this, we remember that blood of Jesus which was shed for us. Father, the, the Bible says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, we are healed. Father, may we experience the healing of Jesus in this moment. We ask in his name. Let's take wine together. stay seated as we sing this song if you know the song please feel free to join in and uh, we'll pray once we're finished the, this song
if we could maybe stand. And we're going to sing this song again. And really this song is a prayer. This song is a recognition that we can't go back. We can't control what tomorrow brings. But here we are in the middle. And Father, we know that you're in this moment with us. We can't go back to where things were. We don't know what tomorrow holds. There are no guarantees. But Father, we're trusting in you. And Father, this song is our response to you today. And Father, this has been my response for, for a couple of years now. I'm not enough. I'm not enough unless you come. Father, all my hope is in you. I am not enough unless you come. Father, unless your glory comes, and Father, we feel the weight of your glory and your presence in our gatherings, in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces. Father, I am not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Father, will you come by your Spirit and will you meet with us again in this place? Father, we're not looking for you to replicate something that happened in the past, no matter how good it was. Father, we're forgetting the former things and, Father, pressing into what you have for us as a congregation, for us as families, for us as individuals. Lord, that you would come by your Spirit because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Let's sing this song as a response, as a prayer, and let's just lift our hands and worship this morning as a response, as a surrender to him as we worship him this morning.
that's our prayer today. That's our confession today. Lord, here we are, just ordinary people, perhaps like Cleopas and Mary. Maybe some of us have lost heart. Maybe some of us have lost sight of the promises of Jesus. Father, maybe some of us who've just kind of that power that we once had in him has maybe diminished a bit. And Father, that's our prayer this morning. Lord, that as we come into your presence day by day and week by week, Lord, that we would experience just the freshness that you want to pour out upon our lives. Lord, that we might not just be people who keep this to ourselves, but Father, that we would be like the disciples. Father, when you instructed them to go into all the world, starting in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, Lord, that we would be your ambassadors, your witnesses. Father, that's why the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, was that they could be your witnesses. And Father, we are in the same place today. Father, that you'd fill us afresh with your Spirit, that we might be your witnesses in our Jerusalem, in our Judea and Samaria. Father, maybe in Whitburn, maybe in the surrounding villages, maybe in West Lothian, maybe in Scotland. But Father, to the ends of the earth as well, we have a part to play and your mission for this world. And Father, I pray that we would rise up as the people of God and to the calling which you've placed in our lives. And Father, be people who say, here am I, send me. I'm willing to go wherever you want me to go. Whatever you want me to do, I'm there. Count me in. I'm in. I'm in this thing. Father, strengthen us empower us because we can't do this in our own. We can't muster up in our own strength. Lord, we can only do this as your Holy Spirit empowers us. And so, Father, we pray that our hearts would be open to all that you want to pour into us, to all that you want to just do in this place, whether individually or corporately. Father, we are open to all that you want to do today and in this week and in this month. And Father, as this year progresses, Lord, we pray your blessing in all the activities, the church activities this week, whether it's prayer or, or, or coming together to meet for discussing things like kids and all the things that we need to do. Lord, we pray for the musicians as they practice. Lord, we pray for your blessing on everything that happens. Lord, we pray for your blessing on the, the Galilee service that will happen in just a short while. Father, we pray for your blessing on the school services that will happen on Friday. Lord, we just ask that you do a new thing and that you pour out your spirit. Lord, we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back to the old things. We don't want to go back to Egypt and to the old things that we uh, knew and were familiar with. But Father, we want to press on into all that you have for us. Father, that's my prayer. And Father, I hope there are people in here today who want to say amen to that prayer. Lord, we just look for you. We're looking for you to come and have your way. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. If you ever need to chat about things, you know where we are. Come and give us a shout. Um, so the Lord bless you. Have a great day.